Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. I hope my next guest knew the name of my show, by the way. Uh, standing by to join me is Michelle Carlson. She's executive director of the Teen Line. As, as I mentioned to Michelle, um, let's see, last week, I saw an article about the Teen Line in the OC Register, and I'm really happy we could make this conversation happen. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Janine. How did you get involved in starting the Teen Line? Um, you know, I've been involved with the mental health sector for nearly 20 years now, um, and, and been really focused on um, suicide prevention and the role that stigma plays in, in keeping people from seeking help. Um, but I really think it was my own personal losses. So I've lost four loved ones to oh. suicide. Um, and including my father, who was a mental health professional, and it just really wow. magnified just how deep that stigma runs, even among um, the mental health professionals themselves. And so um, in, in this revelation, just working towards trying to change the way people view mental illness and creating a safe space for people to talk about it. And I really felt the more and more um, work I did in this area, I really started to focus more on youth. And, and that's really how we're gonna create some change in terms of how we view and talk about mental health. Is that, by the way, is that why you decided to go into this field because of what had happened to you personally? Yeah, you know, I started doing a lot of suicide prevention advocacy outside of work and just found that I was spending more and more time in that space and mm -hmm. how much satisfaction I was getting from it. Um, the mental health community is very, um, very supportive. And uh, I think a lot of people are brought to this by their own personal experiences. And so that just sort of propelled me to continue um, the work in this area and, and just do more, essentially. That's actually how I started the show. You're probably thinking, what kind of show name is that? Get the funk out? <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I lost my friend at the end of 2010. And from what I gathered, what I was told, it was suicide. Oh, and wow. I was a wreck. I mean, I can't say that I'm over it because I don't think you really get over that kind of thing. Absolutely. You move forward at your own pace, mm -hmm. but it does change you. And sometimes you can make a shift in your life to use what you're going through um, to better yourself, to better other people. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. That's so um, true. And it, and it provides, um, hopefully people will talk about it, right? Um, right. And, and not feel shame that, that, that a loss is, is a suicide. I think that that's the whole issue is so many people are thinking about it, especially youth are thinking yeah. about suicide. And yet we haven't created this fully safe space to be able to actually have a conversation about it, um, which really keeps people from getting help. Sure. Now, as I had mentioned before we started, here we are, in a mental health pandemic. However, that was happening before COVID. Now it's more amped up. And from my experience as a parent and what I've read, what I've seen, talking to people on my show, you know, we're so isolated. And students especially, they're doing remote learning. Perhaps they didn't have their graduation. They're starting their freshman year of college doing remote learning. It's not interactive enough. It's not engaging enough. They're missing out. I can go on and on with the list of things that can cause them to be so depressed. What are some things you're hearing about what's going on with teens? You know, we're definitely hearing about that, right? I think we're all realizing as a society how much we do need that in-person contact and how that 
you know, maybe digital contact doesn't fully um, replicate that. Yes. Um, so we're hearing a lot about that from youth. On our hotline, we're actually hearing about um, youth, you know, just not being able to spend time with, with like grandparents and friends, mm -hmm. especially. Yes. I was talking to a 15-year-old teen the other day, and he was saying, you know, I, I know I have parents, and I know I have a supportive group of friends, but I just want to hug a friend. I know. And it's things like that, that we forget the simplicity and the power in that, Yes. that we don't have right now, um, even though we're digitally connected. Um, we're hearing a lot about, too, just a lot of those sort of life milestones. You know, we, we heard a lot about how kids, you know, aren't having graduations or having these sort of like virtual graduations would really take away that sort of momentous occasion and celebration around that. Yes. Um, things like prom and even hearing from youth that are going to a new school and their first days online. So it's so mm. hard to connect, not knowing anyone and, and feeling right. like, you know, where do you fit, right? Yes. We forget about the social supports that come along and the socialization. Yes. Cool for kids. I mean, I, you know, and I see like online learning where all the kids shut their cameras off and who knows what they're doing and not to knock teachers, but I think teachers do have to amp up how they make it interactive, what they have them do. And I think personally, bring them out, have them go outside. If, if they're in a astronomy class, have them go and look at the stars or do something outside, breathe the air. I mean, they can get out of the house, you know. Well, and it puts a lot on parents, too, to be sort of like the teacher's aid, right? To help right. facilitate some of these, like, experiments or activities, um, which is difficult, you know? I mean, yes. people are playing multiple roles right now, and that can be really stressful. It's so stressful. I mean, my heart goes out to teachers, to everyone. And as a parent, you know, I see my daughter going through so much because mm -hmm. of this online learning her freshman year. And I think my advice would be to just make yourself available. They might not always want to talk to you. And that's where your team line comes in. Because if you see them shutting down, you don't have to pull and pull and pull it out of them. Maybe they don't want to talk to you. But I would say give them the resources they need. Absolutely. I think that's great advice. Um, because, you know, I mean, a lot of times youth and, and teenagers, for that matter, they're still... They still need their private time to reflect, right, and make sense mm -hmm. of what they're feeling. Yes. Sometimes being able to talk to a peer can be that can be that moment where they can do that. Yes. Yeah. And process it. So tell us more about the Teen Line. What yeah. happens? Yeah, Teen Line um, is a Los Angeles-based nonprofit um, that is national, and we actually provide peer-based programs to help support youth mental. So our primary service is our youth hotline. And essentially what that is, is it's, it's a safe, non-judgmental space for youth to either call, text, or email the hotline and talk to a peer. So it's staffed by highly trained teams and supervised by mental health professionals who help give them emotional support and coaching. But really, I mean, we know just from research and anecdotally, that when youth have a problem, they usually turn to a peer first or a friend first right. before they would an adult. Just because, I mean, the understanding, the relatability, um, and it just allows them to be sort of more open and honest about their, their problems. And that's what we see on our hotline. Kids open up. A lot of times we hear, you know, this is the first time I've ever told anybody this. And it allows them to have that space to really talk openly and authentically about what they're experiencing. 
I think it's great that they can talk to other teens. When I, when I read that, I thought, how unique. Yes, it's very powerful. It's very powerful. I think, you know, even, and it's not that youth can't talk to an adult, right? But it's like they even do use different languages, you know, make different cultural references yeah. um, that only a teen or a youth would understand. And so that trust is built. And so that really gets them feeling like they're in a safe space and gets them to open up. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, parents are under enormous amount of strain. And I've read things and I've heard things about parents just flipping a switch. You know, they're under struggles financially, everything. You know, they can't make their payments on their house. They've lost their job. I and mean, we have over 40 million people without work. So there's a lot of strain. But then sometimes the kids are the ones that get all that thrown at them. And it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And so is your service anonymous? I mean, it's all anonymous. It is anonymous. So they can, they can reach out anonymously. I mean, that's the beauty of it, right? I mean, I right. think depending on how that youth is feeling about um, their issue, I mean, things that as an adult we would look at and say, oh, you know, you'll get through it and, oh, it's not that big of a deal. For them, I mean, you know, it's like that, that saying about like heartbreak. I mean, when kids are feeling heartbroken, they really feel like their heart is breaking and we can't minimize those feelings, right? So being right. able to to allow them to be able to open up anonymously about it um, really allows them to um, really talk extensively about what they're going through. And I think they definitely need to work on resolving things. And but the more they talk about something as opposed to suppressing and suppressing and then doing something else to push that those feelings down, that's really unhealthy. Yes. And you know, what, one of the things our teen, uh, we like to call them listeners because they don't provide advice, but they actively listen, is they don't they don't tell the caller what to do. So what they do is they, they listen, they validate, they empathize. They really try to figure out what's going on. So kind of holding that person's hand through the process of talking about whatever their distress is. Okay. And then, hey, what can they do in their lives to help maybe manage some of the stress and anxiety around what they're experiencing? It's good. And then figure out, you know, who in your life, so you're not having to call the hotline every night, who in your life can you talk to? Who do you feel comfortable with? Um, and then we also leave them with support resources that they can access on their own. So that at the end of the call, text or email, they're not feeling like, okay, they got this one moment of relief, but then they have nothing to, right. to use, no tools to use, right? To be able to handle some of it on their own. Is there a time limit on how much time they can spend on the phone with the other teen? No, it really depends on the severity of the call. I mean, we okay. get calls from calls and texts um, and emails about issues from like, I got in a fight with my parents, just someone who might be actively suicidal. So it just really depends. I mean, we try to give them the space to be able to really fully talk about what it is. So there aren't any limits in terms That's of That's great. Yeah. Anything else? Um, I know we're going to want to know the website. What is the website? Yeah, the website's www.teenlineonline.org. Okay. And youth can actually call the hotline at 800-852-8336 um, anytime between the hours of 6 and 10 or text teen to 839-863. Is that only during the week or is that seven days a week? Seven days a week. Six to 10 at night? Yes. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Now, uh, when did this first start in LA? It actually started in 1980. 
um, with our, really? yeah, with oh. our doctor, Elaine Leader, who's a social worker. Mm-hmm. And she had experience in running adolescent groups and also working on a pregnancy hotline. And oh. she saw how the teens were interacting and providing so much support for one another. And she thought, maybe I can meld these two together. And that's sort of how Teen Line was born. Very smart. Yeah. And now it's national. It, it's actually international. So international. With, yeah, with emails, we get contacts from people all over the world, from Australia to um, India to China, all over. And so you must be seeing an increase in calls right now. We are, yeah. Volume has actually gone up by, since COVID hit, it's about 44%. Wow. And definitely seeing higher rates of reported. I think you mentioned loneliness is one mm-hmm. thing we've heard a lot about. Uh, we've definitely heard a lot about anxiety, depression. Um, also, suicide, unfortunately, is up, but it's good they're reaching out. But right. I think the most alarming is um, we've seen a hundred, an increase of 140% in child abuse reports. Which That's is horrific. It is. It is. I, I'm grateful that the youth are reaching out, but it just goes to show how difficult, and you were talking about it earlier, yeah. stressors within the family. I mean, there's so much going on right now. It makes it feel like a pressure cooker at times, I think, for, for families. And I think people are so stressed, they're not dialing into having empathy for their kids. They're just bursting with so many emotions. And um, one thing I'll bring up is I'm a big proponent of self-care. So mm-hmm. for any parents listening, like you have got to take care of yourself. Do something as an outlet to deal with and manage the stress. Because if you're good to you and you feel good, you'll be good to your people. That's really well said, especially when you're playing so many roles and so much mm-hmm. is being expected of you as a parent. Yes. Um, I mean, even just to take out, you know, a half an hour to an hour a day, just to have private time for yourself, you giving you time to reflect, to take a breath, whatever that may be that you do, yes. um, it's extremely beneficial. It makes right. such a difference for your own mental health. Yeah, because this is such a strange situation. And, and then I think about the kids. Um, I did a talk a while ago, months ago, and I remember somebody saying, oh, my son won't leave the room. He doesn't exercise anymore. He's so depressed. And my heart went out to her because I know, you know, if they're in the house, no vitamin D, no exercise, no endorphins, nothing, nothing, they spiral. Yeah, that's really true. That's yeah. really true. And it's, it, I think it's important too, just like parents taking time out for themselves, to be able to give that to your kids. Because I think we're, you know, everybody's worried about their children right now, right? Like, how are they doing? Especially when you see stuff like that. Right. I mean, there's a point, obviously, it's always good to ask, right? And not make assumptions. You know, just talking, being very specific about, hey, I've really noticed that you're not getting out of bed in the morning and you're not really talking to this, you know, friends anymore. I'm really concerned about you. What's going on? Right. That, that's always a good conversation to have. But also providing the space to let them reflect on their own feelings, right? Yes. So not being, you know, families aren't used to being around each other 24-7. Not to just letting them have that private time to let yeah. them just be a teen or a youth, right? Yes. yes. Um, to reflect on their own feelings. Sure. And uh, I've, I've known families that their kids go to therapy and then they're thinking, well, they can't go face-to-face, so what are their options? But I've heard that colleges offer that. Like, let's say they pay a health fee uh, contact your local college or university and see what they offer because it might be covered by that minimal health fee you're paying. You might be able to get Zoom calls with a psychiatrist, psychologist, whomever. 
Yeah, that's very true. And a lot of organizations, I mean, even the county offers services um, if finances are an issue that's great. Um, that you can tap into. And there's a lot of organizations that are providing sort of online groups um, specific to whatever, you know, is going on for you, um, which is great because it just provides an opportunity to be able to connect with others who might be going through something that you are too. Yes. just makes you feel less alone. Right. Any suggestions for teens that feel stuck in the house, their parents want them to stay home a lot, but they want to go do COVID safe activities. Like I, I did kayaking with my daughter or, you know, I walk every morning. Any suggestions you have? Yeah, I mean, I think sort of along the lines of what you've been doing, I think, you know, find some things to do together, you know, as a family and allow them to be able to have maybe that social distance outside, you know, space with a friend. Um, because I think it's so different. It's kind of that example of the 15 year old boy, right? They're talking with their friends online or through social media, but just having that sort of face to face contact allows them to feel like they're, they're in their own space, right? And having maybe those more private conversations and connections sure. that they wouldn't be able to normally have online. Yes. You know, one of the thing I realized too, is if you have a son or daughter that was supposed to go off to college and they're living at home, oh, yeah. oh they are so disappointed. Yes. I had a, a friend say to me, you know, I, I chose mental health over COVID and I sent my daughter back to school back to college. Mm -hmm. I knew she'd be safe in her apartment, but I chose her mental health because she was so depressed. Mm -hmm. So try to be empathetic knowing if they're stuck at home, they don't really want to be stuck at home. Would you want to be stuck at home in 18? <laughs> <laughs> I don't so think true. so. It's you know? so true. Yeah. Right? And I think just to take a breath and look at these situations with empathy, I think so often we're just plowing through to try to like you know, get things done, make sure they fulfill all the roles that are expected of us in this strange right. time, right? Yeah. Dealing with our own sort of unexpected emotions um, and difficult emotions. And just, yeah, looking, taking a step back. And right. taking breath and, yeah. Because as it. much as I heard, like, at the beginning of this in March, people have said, oh, we're having game night every night. Or, yeah. like, that gets old with yeah. teens. And yeah, sure. they don't want to be hanging out with you all the time. Sure. And that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, it's not a personal thing. I mean, they're they're trying to find themselves, right? Yeah. And part of that is interacting with their peers. That's yeah. how they figure out what they stand for, right? Their values and who they are as a person. Yes. Um, so if they're not having those interactions, it makes it even more kind of distressing for them. Definitely. Anything else you'd like us to know? Um, we have a multitude of resources on our website. Um, outside of our hotline, we have message boards for youth. So it's a community of over 30,000 youth worldwide who talk about, um, they're organized by specific issue. So they can have a, a supportive group of other teens from around the world to talk right. about certain things if they don't want to be calling the hotline all the time or if that's not something they're comfortable with. Um, right. We also have parent resources. We have a parent website that can be helpful. Um, especially we have COVID resources for parents of youth. Um, and then also just some um, great educational brochures and uh, youth yellow pages, which is resource specific, um, resources specific to youth that are Fantastic. on our website. So. You want to throw out the website one more time? Yeah, it's www.teenlineonline.org. Okay, and you're on Instagram? You're we are. We're on all the platforms, Instagram, TikTok, mm -hmm. Facebook, Twitter. So 
can find us. What, what if a teen is listening or watching and they say, how do you become a volunteer and answer calls? Yeah, so um, our volunteer opportunities are open three times a year. So we are next, we've actually taken our fall group, but our next group will be open in the spring. And I would recommend them going online to, um, on our volunteer page and putting in your email. We'll let you know the details about it. But it involves um, 65 hours of training, which is pretty extensive. Mm -hmm. But I think most of the youth that are getting involved in this um, aren't just looking for a resume builder, right? They're looking because either they might have been through their own challenges, they know somebody, a friend who struggled, and they really want to be able to give back in their, to their peers in this way. Um, the cool thing is, is not only are they helping other youth, right, and get that gratification and empowerment, but they have so much personal growth along the way. I bet. Um, and, and, and a built-in support group of friends. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of helps you work through your own stuff when you put that aside and you help somebody else. Yeah, it's very empowering. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, this has been extraordinary. This was so timely, so I'm glad we could make this happen because I wanted to get this out in the world and share it with everybody because I know people are struggling. Yes, and we really appreciate being on. And if uh, anyone has any inquiries, feel free to go to our website and reach out to us. Really and you had that great event last Saturday. It was like an all-day thing or what was yeah. it? Oh. Um, it was in honor of Suicide Prevention Week, which mm -hmm. was last week. So the last day of Suicide Prevention Week, we had something called the Call-a-thon, and it's um, an annual event that we have at the hotline. And we open the hotline from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. to provide a full day of support. Because um, normally our hours are six to 10, as I mentioned, but our calls roll over um, to the Suicide Prevention Hotline when we're not open. Oh, good. So yes, absolutely, that's good always covered. Okay. Well, thank you again. I've really enjoyed this. Thanks for all you're doing. This is incredibly meaningful. Thank you so much. And thanks for the opportunity. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Great to, great to see you. Me too.